Welcome to PR360, a weekly public relations podcast where we bring on the best and brightest minds in the PR industry. We discuss the important topics that you need to know. Tune in every Wednesday to find out. Hosted by Brett Dicer and in partnership with Global Results Communication. Find more information on globalresultspr.com. And welcome to a new episode of PR360. And I'm your host, Brett Dicer. If you could please subscribe to PR360 on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Amazon Music. Leave a review. It really does help with the rankings and let us know how we're doing. But this week, I have Tracy Lamore with me. And she is an international award-winning publicist featured in Rolling Stones, NBC, CBC, Huffington Post, Authority Magazine, Inspirational Women of Hollywood Series, and a ton of different things in that type of space. I mean, she's got a lot of accolades and awards, and it's really great to have her on the show. So welcome to the show, Tracy. Hi there. Thank you so much. I'm thrilled to be here and talking PR with PR people. <laughs> All right. But our first question, it's the most important one, is are you a coffee or tea drinker? Tea. Though I, I won't say no to a really good cafe latte, but it's got to be like frothy and milky and like a girly thing. <laughs> gotcha. Do you have any like specific teas you like or you just like all of them? Just your black gray and your British breakfast tea or an iced tea. Depends on if it's hot. I like a nice iced tea. So tea is good too. <laughs> yeah. Once it's summer, you're like, I don't want hot anymore. I want cold stuff. Yeah. Though they say it's good to drink hot drinks, but I don't, it's not, not fun. <laughs> I got you. No worries. Yeah. When it gets hot for me, I go to the cold brew or tea if there's tea around. I'm a both person, if you were wondering. That's rare. Usually people are like, because I got the coffee latte, but that's more of a, but the coffee people are the coffee people are usually like, no, I need my coffee. <laughs> no, if you find really good tea, it could just be as good as really good coffee. So that's why I'm both. And before we leave the coffee thing, my husband was always a double double, which in Canada, Tim Hortons, your double cream, double sugar is your classic. And then we went to Malta on business a year and a half ago. So he went to Europe for the first time. And now he would drink nothing but espresso or maybe an Americano, which is like when they take an espresso and they put water in it, they're like, okay, American. <laughs> yeah. I used to be a barista in my, <laughs> when I was younger. So I understand all the different things about <laughs> yeah. Italians made fun of us because we couldn't handle their espresso. So they just put it in water and be like, here you go. He was realizing when we were there, he's like, they're literally calling it an Americano because they're just like, oh, so you want your coffee? Here's some water. There you go. Rick the crap. <laughs> So he started taking, oh, saying, oh, okay, I'll have the espresso. And now he's got a taste for the espresso. No milk, no sugar. Anyways, <laughs> moving on, even though it's a great tangent to go off of still, it is, especially to keep awake too. It's very important. But in our work, can you explain a little bit more about your expertise? I gave a very brief, but can you explain a little bit more to our audience? Yeah. So essentially I work across uh, borders and across industries. I work with everything from Hollywood to creatives to, and I re a recent love the last two years is startups and, and entrepreneurs and all that kind of thing. Cause I've realized that literally 80 to 90% of solopreneurs or, or small entrepreneurs are not thinking about PR. And if they are, they have a vague concept of a press release, but if they dare to write one, it would be more advertorial and not get them any way. So I've been doing a lot of educating and speaking on podcasts and panels and TV and radio and that kind of thing about what publicists do and why it matters to small businesses and what that thought leadership thing is and how we can help people build their brand, but beyond marketing, build their reputation on a global level. So I've been doing all that for clients as well as for myself. And more recently through COVID, I've been spending a lot of time doing the podcasts and panels and, and speaking about it and 
educating. So I've learned how much there is that people don't know about what we do and how much they kind of really need it, or at least learn, they need to learn some of the applications that they can do themselves. But moving on to my next question is the entertainment industry has well basically changed quite a bit in these past two years. We went from theaters to no more theaters for a while, kind of coming back, but not really. So what are the changes that PR pros need to make or publicists need to make in these very always changing times? It seems like this is where you have to really be strategic and don't, I mean, the old, like you said, the old ways were, were not always working or they're paused or they're, so what do you do to have that presence during that time? So this is why I've, I've been putting a lot of time I mean, what I tell people to do themselves too, is that Google is your friend, research is your friend. You'd be amazed how much there is in the world that you can be a part of that you don't know about. Example, awards, whether you're creatives, artistic, whether even small business people can think about that. There are things you have no idea. Like one example is L'Oreal you know, the makeup brand. They apparently have a giant award, been going on for 20 years. No woman I've ever talked to is even how women have ever heard of it. And yet it's apparently open to women across industries. And if you win, they fly. So there are always opportunities and ways to be differentiate yourself and make yourself shine, but you don't even know about them if you're not thinking about that and looking. So one way to find those things is go to Google, you know, search your industry or search what you do, search, you know, your filmmakers, find the whole landscape and think of yourself, not locally, but globally. And so there are always ways, you know, obviously there are specifics like for industry. Some people were, there are different platforms people have used to start to sell tickets and people have different, you know, there's some technical things that we've found over a year and a half. And now things are coming back, but how do those bands who, for example, they were going to do their big launch a year ago, and they weren't able to do that big launch, but they put the music out and did it fall flat? Are they still new? Are they so we're all everyone's still sort of scrambling in the space to see what the next year is going to look like. But like always, it's always about don't just sit there and be upset about what you lost or what you know you can't do and figure out. And also, the another good thing to think about everybody from Hollywood to you and I this last year have been doing the same exact thing sitting in front of this screen trying to figure out how we navigate this new world everybody which not only closed opportunities right but it also opened up a bunch of opportunities because all of those people are looking for ways so if you have an idea if you have everybody is reachable everybody has people everybody so you know just don't let this stop and keep being strategic and whoever manages to stay afloat through all this you're going to be the ones that rise don't be pulled down in the undercurrent keep on even if you can't do things the regular way, think of a new way. And maybe that new way is what is going to bring you to the, to the top. And I mean, even for those looking for information or their industry information, should people use like an RSS feed, like a Feedly or something like that to actually get better understanding about their thing? Cause that's what I use quite a bit. I use Feedly because I'm not going to go search everywhere and have 15 tabs open of a news site. I can just put it somewhere easily. Should that be a better way of doing it? Cause that does optimize people's times a little bit more i mean i guess all those things are like you know comfort zone and style it's like if you if you use them and, they're, and they work for you sure you know if you don't you've never used that and you're listening to this right now all right see that what what is that should i use it there's a, a bunch of tools too that right now i should be using because they're new in the, in the space you know maybe the last three years i haven't even really had time to stop what i'm doing and implement and learn that thing so it all depends some of us are doing I mean, I'm turboing, I'm hugely successful. I don't even have time to stop being so successful to stop and learn some of these things. Some of those things are really hard to, it's kind of a personal, you know, you talk to one person, we'll do it this way. You talk to another person, we'll 
do it that way. Even the same as using Sisian or the, some people all use their wires, obviously, but some of us are just love the wires and that's all we do. Other people are like me, I'll use the wires, but I'm also going to go in and spend hours in my own email list and my own contact list. And then I'm going to go further and search to see what reporters have written about this thing recently. And you just use one of those services and they do it all for you. I'm old school, so I still, I'm not totally comfortable with that. I still like to go in and get my head. You know? Fair enough. You're like, hey, the best person to do it is me. Yeah, and I still feel like a lot of it's here. And strategy is a big thing. <laughs> we won't need to think anymore soon, but I still think people pay us for our strategy, <laughs> our thinking as well as our words, right? Well, let's hope it's not a long time coming because then a lot of people will be out of business. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, what are changes coming in the media landscape? I know we've seen like streaming is kind of, being the limelight and i mean from my perspective for pr i mean there's so many different streaming sites now it seems like eventually there's going to be a few winners and there's gonna be a lot more losers is that's what's really going to happen and so how can even publicists figure out which ones are going to be the losers or winners or should you just kind of spread out and hopefully one will take type of a thing yeah it's true because different clients too like i mean some of them i'm advising what i like but different clients they may have their own familiarity and they're using this so it's still definitely things are going to shake out i mean even with a lot of the platforms that you're not even even the beginning of your question maybe i didn't even answer that fully but when you were saying about the media landscape changing it made me think i want to make a point about podcasts which i know you're super familiar with but also and i've been familiar with for years pitching my clients to obviously across industries finding them hugely successful and I've taken them very seriously as a media not as a media alternative as another media like to me it's radio television tv podcast but even more since the last year when I've done 200 of them myself what I really realize is and if you do any kind of business to business this is different from your the creative side or you're talking about your movie or something you know to the consumer but if you're doing any kind of business to business service Podcasts are not only powerful media, they're, but they're more powerful than any other media for a, a bunch of different reasons. Like, hey, I say, I don't even have a podcast, but I've guessed it on 200 of them over the last year. So now when you Google my name, there's 200 beautifully produced and great SEO things that point back to my page, talking about how great my work is and where people can click on it and listen to see I really do know what I'm talking about and understand what it, so from the SEO, marketing, advertising, backlinks, blah, 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 side that those people care about, it's giant. Obviously, from a media perspective, you're putting media out there, giant, longer form interviews, right? But then what I didn't realize, I've never placed an ad in a decade. I don't even do marketing. I just do my thing and refer me. But in terms of marketing, like for business to business, I've had probably, probably 15 podcasters hire me now tons more recommend me to their next guests and to their listeners and all that so as hard marketing like you know roi on marketing that is huge and then the other going back to the other question about this how do we navigate this landscape because everybody's sitting there like you ever all the podcast hosts are like you influential people they're people with their own brands or people with their own incredible work histories and so you end up making these connections the way we used to do shaking hands at events that we had to pay $1,500 to go to and fly to. So anybody listening who really hasn't, like I can't stress it enough, like podcasts are gold. Put your clients on them, especially if they're business to business, it's not lesser media. It should be a huge portion of your media. And just the way those, they've been here for 20 years, but in the way the world has, the last two years, obviously they've exploded. 
we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow and what's going to be the new thing. Even look at the way clubhouses come out of nowhere and all of a sudden every single client, oh, you on clubhouse, you on clubhouse, taking up hours of their time and their their marketing time or reaching out to people and stuff. And that was a we didn't even never even heard of that two weeks ago. Or TikTok, they use it super effectively. Like one's a business consultant dealing with the same kind of audience I do. We thought that was for kids dancing around to silly songs. See, we don't know what the next thing is going to be. So the number one thing is we have to be adaptable and we have to be ready to not be like, oh, I don't have time for another platform, which I'm guilty of. Ah, Clubhouse, yeah, I'll get on it later. And then all of a sudden it's giant. People are now building their careers just on Clubhouse. They have in their bios. I'm getting now starting now six months later when I start to get people's professional bios and I'm and they're talking about how they're clubhouse moderators and these different, and that's become their calling card. So it's like, we don't know what the next thing is. And when we talk about building, we have to be ready to be on these and see all these opportunities all the time. Yeah, that was actually a follow-up question I was going to ask because I think audio is now splitting off into different sections. There's the podcasting, which is more of the evergreen. It's always there. You can download it whenever you want to. And then now there's the drop in, drop out or clubhouse, as you said, or Spotify green room or Twitter spaces or discord has, I think it's called stages. And now you're going to have Facebook is going to yep. have it. And then LinkedIn's supposedly going to do it, but they're always a few years behind anyways. But yeah. So like it's exhausting to even think about all of that, right. For the entrepreneur too, they don't even, okay, I'm just going to go back and do my thing. But so we have to navigate all this for them. We have to be presenting to them what they need to be doing, what they can be ignoring, what they, so as media gets easier to access in terms of there's being more media than there used to be. Now it's not just CBC, CTV, you know, whatever. And if you're not on those things, then you're out in the wood. There is a million media opportunities now, which makes our job easier in a lot of ways, because if we can't get them on this, we can get them on this. Especially when you're starting and they have no presence and they're not expecting NBC yet. Getting, you can't get them NBC because if you're watching the Harrow and the Source Bottle and all that, you never know what might come up. It's not like the old days. We, we have access to things a lot faster too. But at the same time, there's just such a landscape to navigate, right? So. You really need us because otherwise it's just so much to navigate. What do I need to be looking at even? Yeah. And can't media companies or people within the entertainment industry actually use this? For example, writers could actually have an open discussion about how they're writing a season specifically. Could it be something like that for Clubhouse? Because I know a lot of them aren't really utilizing it. I'm on Clubhouse. I finally got on it and I kind of look at it, but I don't really invest too much time on it right now just because podcasting and everything does take up quite a bit of time but can you see different avenues of using this because it is very live and it's very basically people can ask questions and so could writers or authors or actors talk about acting methods or anything like that type of a thing to boost yeah and that's the kind of conversation they're having people are finding it very very intimate too uh, for some reason more than people are they, they are saying that was the original thing i was hearing from people saying oh you've got to get in i'm in this and i'm listening to this guy you won't even believe but people were responding to that what they felt was an intimacy and an immediacy with big names that were coming into the whole piece group so there was a different feeling than with other social media i mean something different I'm, I'm like you i'm getting into it late when i'm joining in and but that was the original explosion was oh wow and people who were, were really engaging in it. Everybody who said to me, are you on Clubhouse yet? Across, and I'm talking about professional conversation, across industry people, like working people. They were like, oh, but it's a time sucker. You'll find you'll get sucked in. And then people had to learn to manage it. Like I heard that more than about other things. So something about the way, you know, it originally drew people and they were really feeling that, he said they were getting that 
immediate information from people that were that they could use. They didn't want to miss anything. They were like they were engaging with it very much that way. Maybe they probably still are. That was what made it different and how people were talking about it differently than TikTok, for example, or or, or the social ideology. I mean, is this more of the pivot for media a lot of times too, and for publicists to look at audio only avenues? Because I mean, I've been done podcasting for probably six years now and podcasting finally got its limelight, but it's been around for, I would say 20 years or something like that. Even now, when I look back on some of the apps for Apple business podcasts, I don't know what will come up. It'll be like 2004. And you're like, well, yeah. <laughs> I get, look at that. They were yeah. So it's been going on for a long time, right? And, and I've been putting people on it on them for years. I've been, but yeah, they obviously there's been a, a huge explosion when everybody was home in COVID and looking for new things to do. And all the professionals who were stuck at home were like, huh, well, what can I do to build my and podcasting became a thing too. And that's where it really exploded professionalism around it. There's a million companies now that do the production and help entrepreneurs. Do the other side of what I did, like I said, I don't have a podcast and I don't even know when my clients want to do podcasts. I got to send them to a guy, like I can help promote the side of it. But in terms of getting them all set up so that all they have to do as a professional is get in front of that mic and figure it out. There's companies that navigate so anybody can be that thought leader hosting that podcast now, making it easier. And of course, like with the other thing, some of them will, a lot of them start up and they've gone after three weeks and people get tired of it or they don't. There's a huge graveyard of podcasts, right? There's actually a term called pod fade. That's what it's called. What is it called? Pod fade. So you start it and then you fade away, basically, is what. Yeah, or some are like a hard stop. They have like, this is what the podcast is going to be. They have one great like intro and then one great episode. <laughs> it's like, that was a nice idea. <laughs> but life gets busy. So, you know, maybe you got a job. Maybe who knows, right? But that's the problem where y'all. Be- and you've been doing yours for six years. My own, yes. <laughs> I've done my own for six years. This has been going on for almost two years. So, I mean, my only thing, yeah, my only thing about Clubhouse right now is that it uses your phone microphone and I don't like bad audio. And the that's one of my things right now is that it needs to have a little bit more professional audio capabilities. I'm surprised. Really? The audio is like, it's only like I've literally climbed onto it once. It's the audio is only by your phone. It's only on a phone. You can download the app. So I could do it through my Rodecaster Pro, which is a professional mixer, and then use this mic because of the TRS cable because I still have a headphone jack on my phone. But everybody else, I mean, they're still using their phone unless they find a USB to USB-Cs or lightning cable mic to actually use it. That is considered an audio platform, right? Like you'd think that would have been a key it's like when you put out a press release, you think this one is going to hit. This has got everything. Everyone's going to, I'm going to wake up in the morning. There's going to be 10 reporters like what? And then you wake up and there's nothing. And then other times you put out a press release and you're thinking, ah, man, <laughs> and all of a sudden you get like 20. <laughs> like I you're never gonna think, you know, the news you mind. <laughs> I mean, you hope, cause you're like, this is the best press release I've ever written. And it's like, and it's not. Yeah. Like it just, it's because like not always about the release, whatever, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And then we can actually move on to like streaming and we can even do live streaming because live streaming has taken a huge limelight too, because like I said, everybody's from home. No one knows what to do. So should publicists focus on the audio portion, but also the live streaming portion? I know there's two different, those are totally two different things because one's just audio and you don't have to focus on audio and one's video and audio and you have to focus on those two things. Should they be focusing on both these avenues or should it just be like tried and true tactics instead? Well, I mean, I know they say, you know, like if, if the client was is comfortable with doing both, because that's a thing too. A lot of people not 
be comfortable with video. So you don't want to put them on video, but they may be cool. They're super cool with audio. And then, so that's obviously, you don't want to put them in something that's not going to work, right? Or not going to make them look good. So that's always going to be primary too. But generally, if I have a client that's happy with both, I would try to do both because there's some people that do that listen to audio all the time. Some people want, same with it. I prefer to read something. I learned by reading. I, I would rather read an article than watch a 10 minute video of somebody explaining it to me. I watch video. I mean, but that's my entertainment. I'll watch to whatever. I'd rather read to learn something to like how to do a thing, but to learn a piece of news, for example, I'd rather read it than watch. But a lot of people are completely opposite. If I write the article, they're not gonna be reading it, but if I put it out in a video, it's gonna get 9 million hits. So you have to think about, it's not so much my preferences as client and then obviously the audience. So if client is malleable, able to go in either, then it's what would be most effective with the, where am I gonna reach that audience? So obviously most, I'm gonna try to do with I, with my own, brand which I've been successful in building I hit high I hit low I hit, I did everything because I wanted the opportunity to speak and to say and now I don't have to do all those things they all, all the top one comes to me and I built my brand you know I just I just did it that way that made that was my strategic way it really worked really well for me it may be different I may have a different strategy for somebody else depending on their background what their comfort level is so you know really everything yeah, I don't just have one cookie cutter. But yeah, I think we just need to know all of these platforms. We have to be super familiar with them. We have to know the pitfalls of each. We have to know the, you know, and like sitting with all these audio platforms right now. And I do, you know, when I'm doing podcast, Anchor sometimes works. Sometimes this one doesn't. There's all these different, I don't remember which one works and which ones don't. But sometimes some of them will be really picky about a headset or what browser you have to be in or, you know, others are, well, I don't really know. So I, I still need that kind of, I still need the podcast expert to come in and, tell my client what's the smoothest way to do all the technical side and all that stuff. But Anchor is interesting. I mean, it's owned by Spotify, but the problem is that they're now getting rid of RSS feeds. And I'm like, and that's why I'm not using Anchor anymore. But I mean, yeah, you're, you are right. I mean, specifically you need someone that understands both platforms and even talk to like people that do YouTube or Twitch or whatever. You could talk to those people about live streaming specifically because there's a lot of pitfalls and you, there's a lot of different platforms as well. But I mean, moving back over to like more of the messaging side, have tactics changed in the past two years and messaging your client and messaging what they do? Is there anything that's been the same through these past two years or it's just kind of like, we're just trying everything new. We're throwing everything out that we thought we knew was going on. I would say in terms of the messaging, I don't know if the messaging has so much changed. Yeah, I, don't, I wouldn't say the message because all the messages are different. I don't think anything has changed really in terms of they're all doing what they're doing and they're still doing what they're doing. And we're, you know, they may be doing something different related to COVID or they may have changed or whatever. But I think it's more of the platforms and the way we're getting the messages out that's been, you know, and now we're, we're all of us navigating this world of like so many platforms. And you know what I mean? Like media. And then on the other side, our traditional media having changed so much, having newspapers closing and here in Canada, I don't know about the state, but we had like some major newspapers that didn't close, but they, with a day's notice, dropped 200 staff. And then the same thing, the biggest news radio in, in Toronto, which obviously owned with that three, that owned in three cities. And they all, all of a sudden dropped 50 reporters. Well, all of a sudden, all those reporters that we've been pitching to, that we have report, developed relationship with for years, and now it's just like, and now we've got just like this new assignment editor and there's barely any reporters. And um, so, so, so actually the way we are doing things changes 
getting out the message. So I've adapted now instead, quite often, instead of just sending out a press release and doing all the follow-up and all that, I'll include with the press release an article that I write. And I'll be like, hey, here's a royalty-free article. Because I know they don't always have a new stuff. They may be like, that's an awesome release, but I've kept print the press release. And I don't have a, anybody to send out on it. So I've suggested, like, hey, here's a royalty-free article written by the client that you can use or written by me about that's an actual editorial article. So here's a press release and here's a royalty-free article that if you want, take it, go for it. With, you don't need to credit me, print it in your paper, whatever, which is awesome because then it's our complete messaging. But when you do that again, you have to make sure it's editorial. You pass editorial muster, right? And yeah, I mean, I, that is going on to one of my next question is, should we rethinking media relations? You just said that. We don't know if reporters are going to stay around or not anymore. And that used to be the tried and true thing in PR. Know your reporters, build relationships with them. Kind of hard when one day they're there, the next day they're gone, and you don't know who, if they're going to have a replacement at all. So should we be rethinking yeah. that? Maybe PR pros become the news people or journalists in some ways? We have to do both. Like, we still have to build those relationships, obviously. We still and respect those reporters and give them those. But at the same time, yeah, like, that's what I found is, Give them that because you know sometimes they just don't have those people. You don't know what's going on in that newsroom. That's the, why is that story getting missed? You may not, you know what I mean. It may be that they just don't have the bandwidth for it in terms of the people that send out on it. And is that the future of media relations? Is it, is it slowly transitioning to PR pros becoming the journalists in their own field in some ways? I could see. I mean, there's great benefits in that for us, but then I can also see how that could be problematic. You know. Because are we just the fact checkers then? Because we're, we're also acting for our clients. Well, I'm very cautious when I do that to make it more editorial. Like my press release will be different than the editor. Obviously my editorial piece will still be getting my client's message out, obviously, right? But it's going to be an article where I make well, other people, won't be their direct competitors, but it'll be other people in their fields or other, there's going to be more about, there's going to be an article. I'm also a writer. I know how to write an article, right? And so if I'm going to write an article, like it's a very, I'll tell my client, it's just not going to be all about you when I'm submitting this article. You're going to be in the article because they're not going to print an article all about you it's not what's going on they may so i have to give them something that's actually easy editorial decision where they go ah, that is a great that is newsworthy it's a good article I look at yeah it's the publicist but that's how we write and there's nothing in there it's not not advertorial there's a quote there the way we would do a quote from a guy so you have to be very cautious when you do that but yeah i don't know that maybe that's the way it's going now it looks like unless they put because the newsroom right now, they're just script of the people and they don't have any answer. They're working with it. Remember what we used to say, don't ever send our press releases on Friday, Monday, and on the weekend. We still sort of do, but that used to be because, you know, the newsrooms were less staffed on those days and people were holiday or they were Friday thinking or they were Monday thinking, but on the weekend, they were less staffed. And now they're just less staffed. <laughs> so do we not send our press release? And people are saying that. That's why you hear the press release is dead, right? Because it is sort of when the newsrooms are dead, the press release is kind of dead because they're not. It's not like it used to be when they're like looking for okay, oh, what, what we got today? Let's throw it out. Like now they they're not looking for you know they're like eh, bare bones. So if they're always bare bones, they still need news, but it's not like it's funny when you talk to a, a new client. And they're like, oh, just send them this. The media they're always looking for stories, right? They'll love that. Like yeah, they are always looking for stories, but no, they're also not. <laughs> so like. They, yeah, they're looking for stories. They obviously always need stories, but no, they're not looking for your, no. <laughs> That's why you have to really understand that editorial versus advertorial. And then, I mean, it could be pivoting too to be podcasters, YouTubers, taking the place of journalists in general. So you have different types of categories. 
like radio you still have, but you also have podcasting and then let's throw in clubhouse. And then instead of just TV journalists, you now have YouTubers, Twitch, I guess, in some type of capacity or Facebook live or whatever. So maybe the media personalities are changing where you have to almost do it by platform. So yeah, Twitch, you got TikTok, you got Facebook, Twitter, I guess is another one. So maybe it's cha- more changing towards the platform that you're trying to hit. That's actually really makes a lot of sense. Yeah, exactly. So you're not even thinking so much as who is the, it's just, it's like, yeah, you're looking at the platform and then who's on that platform is making noise and that's your news. Yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting time. <laughs> maybe the influencers are turning into be the journalists. Yeah. Right? Like it's, it's certainly, it's, yeah, it's certainly interesting to watch this whole shakeup of like everything. Uh, and then, and then the, what happened to the journalists? They're going off and starting Fington Post and the prosperity and all the, and then giving us those other platforms where we can now bring our clients to get featured on those platforms. So yeah, it, it's always going to be a thing. There's always going to be a certain, but we're in the middle of like the hurricane, the, the, the several years shakeup where everything that we thought we knew has changed. I mean, it actually a couple of times. It already happened 20, whatever it was, 30 years, 20 years, whatever the internet now, 25 years ago. My whole life as a publicist has been email and you can have the contact. But 25 years ago, 10 years before I started, you would be drinking, you had to be drinking in bars till one in the morning with the journalist. And that's how you got the story. There was no email to reach out and say, I'm a publicist. You had to be there. Hey, Bob, I'm fine. That world is completely gone now. Like it's completely gone. People would never imagine. And then we started working for the last decade or up to 2017 with a completely new landscape of the internet. And then a new one came in because then Facebook and Twitter came in and those became huge. And I didn't even think about that until someone pointed out that when, before I was a publicist, when I first wrote my first press release as a young activist, when I was 28 years old, to get let the world know about a man who was innocent on death row in Pennsylvania, who had been released now, was released after a 20 year campaign that we were involved with. But when I first did that, we were talking in the context of that story and the person I was talking to, who was a lawyer, said, and it's funny because you did that whole successful campaign with being on CNN, NBC, blah, blah, blah. Without Twitter, it was before Twitter, it was before Facebook. I thought, oh, that's right. So while we thought, oh, wow, we have the whole world at our feet, we have the we can look at the website and we can email them. It was that's all we had, which was all the power in the world then. It felt like everything. But then just a few years later, if you didn't have, you didn't just have the info at whatever, then you could go to every single reporter's Twitter, which was just at the bottom of the story, and then had their email. And now the world's boom. Like, so now you've got a million reporters that you can pitch. So that, and that was the landscape. And now we're trying, then it's COVID. Now there's a million podcasts. So we're like, now we got to navigate that. And podcasts are certainly influential. So if you're not, if you're a publicist and you're not as serious about podcasts as you are about TV, then you're way behind and you're not serving your clients. What's the next thing now? It's a clubhouse and we've got to catch up to that. So yeah, it's a hard, it's definitely not an easy. And I think it's a matter of, we're going to have more we're going to have to have more specialization too in our offices. Like not necessarily have the one person doing everything so much anymore. I really think no, no, I should have someone in here that it, although the thing is just the clubhouse and the whatever, and this TikTok, that's all they do. Cause I have 30 clients and I could have someone just focusing on that. That'd probably be really good. You know? So I think we're going to have to start looking at stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Probably the next five to 10 years, we're probably going to finally see the dust settle. I think. Yeah. We'll make it though. <laughs> yes, we will. We'll still be here. Well, we hope we'll still be here, but we'll still be here. We'll be a positive. But we'll be elevating and celebrating the amazing things other people do and getting paid. 
for it. So <laughs> hopefully with more travel again, more parties and travel because I'm, I'm done with the COVID. No. <laughs> You're not alone and done with the COVID and the whole virtual stuff. I haven't stuck in Canada for 14 months. I'm supposed to my normal traveling to all the palm trees. So I'm just, but through winter, through two solid winters, no, no, without a palm tree in sight, I'm ready to come back to California, my friend. <laughs> or Malta or whatever, wherever anyone wants to send me, I'm good. Just not like the Arctic, please. <laughs> That's fair. But Fun question. If you could create any new streaming service, no matter what it is, what would it be? You mean the streaming service we would use to do stuff or that we'd like to watch or something? A Netflix kind of thing, something I would be watching? Oh, gosh. That's a hard one because I've already got great. I get them all. I'm so, even though I've never tried to watch anything, I'm like, I've got the horror one. I've got the, <laughs> I've got the Disney. I've got them all. I think they pretty much have my all, my all of my, I got all my buttons caught. I guess previous me, Young me, obsessive young me would be like, I don't know why there's not an all John Lennon channel. <laughs> so all Beatles channel, all John Lennon, let's say. I don't know. But everything else, I think I got covered because I got the documentary channel. I got the two, two crime stuff. I got the, you know, like, ah, I don't know. Maybe the all PR channel. <laughs> That'd be good, you know. All Tracy Propaganda Channel. <laughs> 24 hours of everything Tracy thinks you should know. Would that work? <laughs> For a better world. Hey, someone would listen to it. I'm, I guarantee you somebody yeah. or lots of people would listen to it. At least for a little while. <laughs> so they'd be like, I don't know. But yeah, I don't know. I think there's a lot of, I can't even think, honestly. Every, it feels like every single screening, the only thing that I, that I, that I could say that, that I can't, I can't, the only one that really came to mind, I can't actually say, because I have a client who's working on something really cool in the streaming service world. And that one, if I pop that out, it would be like, I have one in my head, but music related, but it's not about John Lennon. All right. Any final thoughts for our listeners? I always like to end with this little quote that I got on the internet, but it says, we didn't get this far to only get this far, which I like if you're doing great things and you, you're happy with where you're at, you're not, you know, you still, still think that it's going, but even more people are not happy with themselves or struggling and in a bad place you are still a winner because you are still here every one of us seriously every one of us has gone through a whole bunch of stuff and some of us a lot worse than others and some people are still struggling so you're you know you made it you you didn't let the assholes get you down or whatever they say so don't let them you know keep on going if you want to jump off a bridge don't do it because you didn't get this far you didn't get through all that only to get this far you got places to go and things to do and people to see something going all right words to live by with tracy so thank you for joining pr 360 and sharing your knowledge thank you so much and thank you for listening to pr 360 as always please subscribe to pr 360 on apple podcast google podcast spotify and amazon musically review it really does help with the rankings and let's know how we're doing and join me next week as i talk to another great thought leader in the pr industry all right guys stay safe keep on going and learn about clubhouse later